0: Today's scripture comes from Genesis 28, verses 10 through 19a. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: You may be seated. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. It's like this is like the heat lamp under here. OK. Good morning. So we have been working our way through the book of Genesis and looking at some of these stories that are familiar to many of us. and today's story we find Jacob and he is on the run. He is on the run from his brother Esau. And if you look at everything that's happened between these two brothers, between these two very different twin brothers, it's really completely understandable that Esau is mad that he has had enough of Esau's tricks. I mean, Jacob's tricks. Sometime earlier, we talked about this last week, for those of you who were here, Jacob had taken advantage of Esau. He saw Esau come in one day after he'd been out hunting, and he, his brother was very hungry, and Jacob was making stew, and Esau wanted that very much. And Jacob agreed to give Esau that bowl of food only if... Esau would give to Jacob his very valuable birthright as the firstborn. And unbelievable as it seems, that is exactly the trade that Esau made. I I wonder how long it took him to regret that one. Then, just before today's story, Jacob had worked with his mother, Rebekah, to trick his father Isaac And had stolen the blessing that Isaac had meant to give to his favorite son, Esau. Esau, at this point, is so enraged that he promises he's going to kill his brother. Although, he says, I will at least wait until my father is dead. The death threat is overheard by somebody and it gets back to Rebecca and she acts very quickly to get her favorite son out of town, way, way out of town. She convinces her husband, Isaac, that Jacob needs to go back to her home country to find a suitable wife. That's a topic for a whole nother day. But Jacob gets sent off to Haran. It's some 500 miles away from his family home to find a wife and to stay far, far away from his murderously mad brother. Now, he is about one-tenth of the way into his long solo journey when we meet him in our scripture today. He stops for the night, and with a boulder for a pillow, he falls asleep, and he dreams a dream of angels going up and down that ladder between heaven and earth. And he hears God's voice. And it speaks promises to him. There are promises of land and descendants. And those are the exact same promises that had been made to Jacob's father Isaac and to his grandfather Abraham. But there are other promises made as well. Promises that spoke not just to Jacob as that forefather of the chosen people, but that spoke to Jacob who was a particular man at a particular time in a particular set of circumstances. God promises this man who is on his own on a long journey that he is with him. God promises this man who is heading into an unknown situation that he will protect him. God promises this man that is traveling miles from home for an unknown quantity of time that he will one day bring him back to his homeland. And God promises this man who has been exiled from his parents and his brother that he will not abandon him. Jacob awakens from this dream and declares that the Lord is in that place, something he had not known when he closed his eyes to go to sleep. And he turns that rock pillow into the base of a pillar, marking the spot. He anoints it and he declares, if God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear. You know, he kind of added on some promises for himself. Um, If God will do this, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth to you. With these words... Jacob makes plans for one day when he returns home as God promised, he makes plans for that to be a set-aside place of worship. Now, as someone who grew up in the church, I have a lot of very vibrant memories of the worship space that I spent my childhood and youth in. I've spent every weekend there And so they're very rich and vibrant memories. I can still see with perfect clarity that sanctuary I grew up in. We had this red carpeted center aisle. You went up some stairs, you passed the pulpit and the choir loft and the organ, and then the altar was on the back wall. I recall walking into that space every Sunday after Sunday school, and I would get that bulletin and I would carefully refer to all the page numbers and I would mark everything in the hymnal, ready to go as we went through the service, ready to sing the hymns and to sing the psalms and to say the creeds and the prayers and follow along as the pastor read the liturgy. Maybe it was foreshadowing, I don't know. I participated there in Christmas programs. I served as an acolyte. I took communion from a common cup. That's how we did it. I was confirmed in that space there at our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And there are other worship spaces that have figured figured prominently in my memories. There is, just down the road, Montevallo First United Methodist Church. That's where my husband grew up. And it's the church that wrapped me in their arms so lovingly as if I had grown up there too. That's where we got married. That's where our children were baptized. where I first stood to preach. There is the little tiny Vincent United Methodist Church where our former youth director is getting ready right now to stand in the pulpit that I stood in for two years. And, which is the same church that the pastor who married my husband and I first occupied at his first appointment in 1956. And of course, of course there are the worship spaces here at Alabaster First United Methodist Church. This is where our children were confirmed, where I answered my call to ministry, and where I have been blessed to teach and preach, to serve communion, to baptize, to memorialize saints, and to worship with this amazing community of faith for 15 years, six of which I've been blessed to be your pastor I treasure all of the things that I have experienced within the sanctuaries of these and the other churches I have been in during my life. The churches of my grandmothers, the matriarchs of my faith, the school cafeteria that housed a new congregation I was a member of in my college years, the chapels of the walk to Emmaus where I have given up my burdens to Jesus alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ. The churches where I have gathered with family and friends to celebrate weddings and to remember the lives of those gone before us. The chapel at Birmingham Southern College where my fellow pastors gathered on school weekends for worship. And this oddly beautiful, empty chapel we came upon one time on vacation where I still go sometimes when I meditate. I love these set-aside spaces and I know that you have loved many sacred spaces in your lives as well. I am grateful that there were Jacobs before me that marked the spot and took the time to make them into places of worship and fellowship. Places where God is glorified week in and week out. However, like Jacob, I know that God is always with me. And in fact, the most powerful connection I have ever felt to God, none of them took place in any of these marked and set apart places. I've had great times in worship, but I'm going to tell you, The most powerful connection I ever felt to God happened in a car dealership waiting room. I have no idea. I have no idea. Something about the way the light came in, the windows that morning, it just filled me with this warmth and this sure, still presence of God. And I still don't understand why, but it's highly treasured in my heart. And I also remember this peace and presence that I felt when I stood at the bedside of my last living grandparent. She had suffered a stroke, which would be fatal. I was in complete disbelief that this woman who had never been ill was going to be gone that I couldn't have another conversation with her, that we would not be able to heal any of the broken relationships that had occurred over the last few years. But I sat there with complete peace. I didn't have any regret. I felt God was with us, that God was with her, and it was all going to be okay. Okay. Many of you have probably had similar experiences. Finding God outside the walls of the church. In doctor's offices where the news is good or where it is devastating. In workplaces where work is a joy or where it is a chore. In homes that are filled with the laughter of others or that are filled with silence and loneliness. Around the table with families where relationships are healthy or dysfunctional or both, in places you fully expect to find God and in the places you least expect to find God. God is in all of these places. God is everywhere we go in fact and if we are looking and listening We can see him there, and we can hear the words of promise he speaks to us each and every day. Words of eternal hope and promise for us and for the generations to come after us, but also words of specific blessing and assurance for today, for the worries and woes of each moment, for the needs we have in the present Years later, Jacob would indeed return to the land of his father and his mother. He would make good on his promise to make Bethel a house of God. And he said this to his household, Let us go up to Bethel that I may make an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. Jacob recognized the importance of setting aside physical space for worship. But he also recognized that God had been with him throughout his journeys, wherever he went. So may we be people who, like Jacob, take care to recognize and to care for all of the special places in which we gather to worship our creator God. May we be thankful for these sacred spaces which provide us all places of sanctuary and sustenance as we are on our journeys. But may we never be more thankful for these spaces than we are for the God who can never be contained within them. And may we take God wherever we go, sharing hope, And the good news of Jesus Christ with friends and neighbors and strangers, boldly speaking from the Spirit within each one of us to the Spirit within each one of them. God is everywhere. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for all of the many and varied worship spaces in which we have found you on our Christian journey. But we also thank you that you don't leave us when we walk out that door, that you are truly with us everywhere. Help us to be people with open eyes who see you at work in the world, who know that you are with us in the hard times and in the easy times. Help us to worship you, a God who can never be contained, and sharing you with all we may meet. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.